So clothing is a way to express who you are, your identity, and to gently step into that next level of beingness. So that's a gentle way of claiming. Okay, so you're using your feminine to your gentleness to claim something incredibly powerful. Today, in this episode of the Unstoppable Woman podcast, I am exploring whether clothes make the man, or in our case, whether they make the woman. You've heard that expression before, and maybe you have a reaction to it. Maybe you have a visceral reaction to it that's negative. Of course, clothes don't make a woman. We're more than that. How frivolous, how, how reductionist that is. Or maybe you think, actually, I love putting on clothes and how they create power for me, how they create more for me. And that might be your reaction that yes, clothes do make a woman. It changes who you are when you walk into a room with a particular outfit on. Maybe you're wearing your power boots. Maybe you're wearing that outfit that just makes you feel like a million bucks so that you have the confidence to do what you need to do in that presentation, in that way that you present to those people, in that walking down the grocery aisle, how you feel about yourself so that when you come home, you feel like you have an abundant life. Obviously, I have a position on this, but I used to have the position that no, clothes don't make a woman. And now, After a few years of playing with this, actually, it's been more like seven or eight years of playing with this, I have a really strong opinion on this. And it's something that I've talked about quite a bit. And I want to talk about more deeply here and how it connects to business. Because this is really about how to get to the next level in your business. It's not a hack, okay? It's not a a shortcut in so much as you're skipping steps. I believe that you can run the stairs, meaning you can do things so much faster than you ever thought possible, but you do have to take those steps. You do have to go through those steps. And one of the steps that you need to take in order to get to the next level in your business is to become the person at that next level in your business. It requires you to become more. You have to step into more. And clothing can be a way to activate that, a way to step into being someone you are not yet. And let's just take a moment and let's talk about the big elephant that's in the room, imposter syndrome. People think, who am I to do that? Who am I to wear those clothes, be that person if I haven't achieved that level of success yet? And that's where most people do it backwards. They think that they need to be ready in order to buy those clothes. They have to have the experience at that level to buy the clothes. When in fact, I'm going to make an argument in today's podcast that you need to do it before you feel ready. You need to do the thing before you feel 
worthy of doing the thing, before you've had the experience of doing the thing. And that this is how you move through imposter syndrome and actualize being the person at that next level who does the things in her business that achieve the results that she wants. Okay, that was a lot to start off with. And let's break this down. Let's break this down. So fundamentally, you know that I'm a business coach. I help people with those tactics, those strategies for scaling. And yet all the tactics and strategies that you can learn from me, you can learn from someone else doing your own research, DIYing, whatever it is, you will eventually know what to do. Yet most people get stuck, they hit an upper limit, and they don't execute on those plans. And if they do execute on those plans, it's with a good deal amount of of struggle, and it's with a time period that is so much longer than their motivation can sustain. They lose the spark and they end up changing course or getting demotivated and not breaking through. And so the challenge for people is knowing what to do, but getting in their own way and self-sabotaging. And the work that I do is helping people change their identity, who they are being in order to be the person who executes on the plan that they've created. This is the secret sauce to quantum leaping your business. I'm giving it to you right here, right now. This is the secret sauce. You must change your identity. You must change your self-image. You must change who you're being. Many people know what to do, but can't do it. And it's because of this. Now, how do you change that? How do you change that? Well, today's episode will give you one way to do it. One of many. So where do you start when you are looking at identity? Where do you start? The place I always start is vision with people, whether that's in a free consult at our summit, which by the way is coming up in May, get your tickets now, whether that's in our bootcamp, the first module in our bootcamp is all about stepping into your vision, your future self, so that you can really activate that and own it. We do it in the spirit of wealth. I do it with my private clients. And actually, this is so important. I want to say two things at the same time. So bear with me here. This is so important. Vision is so important because we need to start working from a level of awareness of where you want to be, not where you are now. Where you are now is going to get you the same results that you've always gotten. That's the level of awareness that you have right now. You're only aware of how to be someone who makes 50K a year. You're only aware of how to be someone who makes 100K a year. You're only aware of how to be someone who makes 500K a year. You're only aware of how to be someone who makes a million dollars a year and so on and so forth. Your current level of awareness is giving you your current level of results. If you're interested and fascinated by that concept, again, I'm going to just make a, a note here for you. Go check out the Unstoppable Woman Summit. You can find that on our website, theunstoppablewoman.com summit. I go into a lot of detail about the law of vibration and how this works, okay? Because 
in the law of cause and effect and all the laws that lead to why this is a truth. So how do you, if you are at this current level of awareness, start working from a higher level of awareness so that you can start getting the results at that level? Well, you must use your imagination. This is where visioning comes in. You must use your imagination. This is one of the mental faculties that we have as human beings, our imagination. And you have to start seeing yourself at that level. If you want to make a million dollars, you have to start seeing yourself at that level. What would that woman do? How would she move, talk, make decisions? How would she dress? That's an important part of this. That's why I'm bringing this up. For women, I think for men too, but really strongly for women, our adornment is so much a part of our identity. And if you're not dressing as you want to dress, as that business owner who's making the income that you want to make, if you can't see her and act like her, you're never going to become her. It's a bit of a chicken and egg thing. And in order to break through that chicken and egg thing, you have to actually make decisions and act from the level of awareness that you want to be at, not from where you are now. And a great example of this just came up in a call that I had with a client, potential client. She's now a client. It was a connection call. I was following up with her about something and she's an actress. She's an actor, excuse me. And we were talking about, you know, how she's going about things, what her plan is, how she's uh, approaching work, additions, even visioning. And she said that on the call sheet, she wants to be number five through eight so that she can have work-life balance. And she had some other goals and dreams that were part of the discussion. And I plugged into this and I went back to that comment and I asked her very pointedly, did she want to win an Oscar? And her whole being lit up. She was like, yes, I absolutely do. And then I said to her, well, then your vision cannot be position five through eight on the call sheet. No one on five through eight wins an Oscar. They're not supporting actress. They're not best actress. That's not who wins. You need to be in position one through four. And it dropped in for her and she claimed it, boom, like that. And I think it was two days later, maybe three days later, I got a text from her saying she got a position one through four, which is no, nothing to sneeze at. Like she wasn't getting those positions before. By really seeing herself there and claiming it, boom, she called it in. She made a decision. She started seeing herself at that level. Now, That's not a clothing example, but that is a vision example. That is a decision example, making a decision from the place you want to be. Okay. Now this isn't, you know, unheard of this idea of visioning. Okay. Many people discuss it, work with visioning, and it's important to do. Okay. You need to gently claim it. So the gently part is your feminine and the claiming part is your masculine. You need to gently claim it. And that's, that's what this example gives you, okay? But what comes after that gently claiming? 
that decision, that visioning, that awareness, that claiming that vision, what comes after? Because that's the critical piece. And that's where most people miss. They just miss. And they wonder why it's not working for them. And it's putting this vision into action. The vision is a type of receiving. You must be open and vulnerable and surrendered to receive the truth, your truth. And this is where intuition's at play and accessing your intuition. And this is a very feminine quality. Okay, let's dive in a little bit to the law of gender here because it's so important. Again, this is something that I go into in depth in, in, at the summit and in the Spirit of Wealth Mastermind and Masterclass. I'm pointing these things out because a lot of people wonder what the next step is. These are the places where you can take the next step. So the law of gender says that it requires both the masculine and the feminine to create. They need to come together. Now, masculine and feminine is not just male and female. It's the essence of male, the essence of female. So it's your masculine essence and your feminine essence. We all have both a masculine side and a feminine side to varying degrees. And some of us who are very high performing, right? We're people who go after our goals, slay our goals, all of that. We have a lot of masculine. We are very much in our masculine every day. Our CEO self is making thousand and one decisions. We are hunters. We are out there like slaying the tiger every day. And yet we also need to have access to our feminine. And especially as women, we need to have access to more of our feminine. Now, everyone has that in varying different degrees and men have to have access to their feminine. If you are someone who is a man who's listening to this, pay attention. You need to have access to that intuition. That's a very feminine trait. You need to surrender and trust and open as well in order to receive. It requires both. So the law of gender says you need both the masculine and the feminine to create. This is like sperm and egg. You need both to create life. So this is how we access our creative life force. Okay, so the feminine has all these qualities and the masculine has beautiful qualities as well. There's a claiming, there's an owning, there's a directive quality to it. There's a calling the shots quality and there's an impressing ideas out into the world quality. So we need to access and receive our ideas, but we also need to impress them out into the world. And we do this by taking action, okay? And there can be both masculine action and feminine action. So feminine action is trusting, trusting that it all, all is going to work out today. That meandering, that flowing, like water, it's consistent, but it's always flowing. It can carve the Grand Canyon. It has incredible power. It is not weak. It just has a different kind of power, which is this consistent flow. Whereas masculine action tends to be more focused, more disciplined, more decisive. It is targeted like that going out and hunting and then coming back, right? There's a targeted intensity, okay? And it's on and off, high intensity, low intensity. And when we combine these, 
we have this incredible creative expression and it's very, very powerful, very powerful. And it taps into creative life force energy. So now what does all of that have to do with clothing? Let's circle back. It has everything to do with clothing, everything. So clothing is a way to express who you are, your identity, and to gently step into that next level of beingness. So that's a gentle way of claiming. Okay, so you're using your feminine to your gentleness to claim something incredibly powerful. When I was making my big quantum leap, right, I was going for making seven figures and I had started at 138 and I was really going for it. And I was very much in my masculine. Don't get me wrong. I was taking action, intensity action every day. But I was also taking this kind of feminine action every day. And I was thinking about this and doing these gentle claiming actions so that I could step into this next level of beingness that was associated with my vision, my goal. And using your clothing, how you dress, is a very powerful activating tool for manifestation. Okay, everyone talks about wanting to manifest, okay, which is just a fancy term for calling in and achieving your goals faster than you ever thought possible. And in a way that you didn't see coming almost, okay, but there is a methodology to it. And this is part of the methodology. What's your vision? Like, let's get clear on what that is. How much money do you want to make? Who is that woman who makes that much money? How is she being in this world? And then what can I do now to actualize being that woman even before I am that woman? Okay, now I started this when I wasn't making any money, even before the big quantum leap. I started this when I was very much, I think probably when I was making that first year in business, I made 30K. Probably that year is when I started this. And I asked myself, what would a woman who made 5K a month do? How would she be? How would she dress? And making 5K a month is making 60K a year. And that was doubling my income. Okay. That was like, that was a big deal for me. Okay. That was a big deal. So you can start this at any level. Okay. So this is a powerful activating tool, manifestation tool. But the problem is most people freak out a little bit around this because they don't have the money right now to, you know, actually step into that next level buy those clothes in this case. And this is where the coaching comes in, right? If you want to make a massive increase in money, you have to do the thing. You have to do the thing before you're ready to do the thing. Okay. And Emerson said, this is the law of nature. The law of nature is do the thing and you shall have the power. But they who do not the thing have not the power. Okay, I'm going to repeat that because it's a, it's a mighty quotation. The law of nature is do the thing and you shall have the power. But they who do not the thing have not the power. 
So you must do the thing in order to have the power. You must buy the clothes in order to have the power that those clothes imbue. You must buy the clothes in order to have the power of the woman who works at that level, who is that person. Yes, maybe they are a talisman. Maybe they are unnecessary or maybe they are quite necessary. Maybe they are your tools for activation. Okay. So in order to be someone who does the thing, sometimes you need some coaching around that. Okay. And one of my clients who you may have met, cause she's done quite a few of our coaching uncut series in the, the podcast where she has generously allowed us to record her coaching calls and put them on the podcast uncut, which is quite beautiful. And I'm very appreciative of, and her name is Heather. And she recently shared with me that she went from 34 K months when she first started working with me less than a year ago to 92 K months. So she's beyond that 84 K month limit, which is if you're not familiar with what making a million dollars a year comes to on a monthly basis. So she has surpassed that in less than a year, but it's not magic. Okay. She just didn't add magic sprinkles. She did the tactical work. Okay. But she also did this deep inner work on becoming the woman that she needed to become in order to work at the level of the business strategy that she had. So it's all part and parcel here. Okay. So generally speaking, the problem is if you want to go to that next level and you want to be that woman who is dressing in a certain way and buying certain things for her business and traveling first class and living in a beautiful environment or maybe having a second home or upgrading your apartment or sending your kids to a better school or all of those things that you envision as part of being that woman, right? You don't yet have the money for that, okay? You don't yet have the money for that. And the second thing that people get stuck with is that they don't have the time for that. Those are the two biggest challenges that people have. And I want you to listen up here. It's a lie. Okay. Both of those are lies. Now's not the time to get into why those are lies, but they're stories that you tell yourself in order to stop. I don't have the money for the coaching. I don't have the money for the clothes. Don't have the money for the nicer car. I don't have the money to buy those shoes. And you deny yourself when in fact you probably could figure it out. You probably could. And then the other aspect is I don't have the time. I don't have the time to get dressed in the morning. I need a uniform. I don't have the time to put on my makeup or go shopping or whatever it is. That's not true. We all have the same amount of time. It's what you choose to decide is important for you and where you put your time, where you choose to create urgency for yourself and go for it. And then there are other stories, of course, around it being frivolous to spend your time and spend your money on clothing when, quite frankly, you could spend it on more practical things. Or maybe you have a bit of imposter syndrome that says, I'm not someone who dresses like this. This isn't me. 
who am I to do this? I'm not someone who has nice clothes or wears these kinds of clothes or, or does this with my life. Okay. So there's a little bit of imposter syndrome there, but of course, you know, if you're following what Emerson said, you have to do the thing to have the power of the thing. So that gives you a little bit of a clue in terms of the chicken and egg scenario that you're in. The way to break free is to do the thing even before you're ready, even before you feel like you're that person yet. Okay. You have a vision of who that woman is, but you're not there yet. By definition, you're going to feel like an imposter because you're not there yet. So wearing those clothes, buying those clothes, shopping in that store doesn't feel right, doesn't feel like you belong there yet, okay? You haven't done the thing, but you need to do the thing. That's, that's a really key aspect. And I want to share how this worked for me. And, you know, at the summits that we do, I, I have shared and generally do share this transition for me because I did photo shoots throughout the last seven or eight years and they demonstrate how I've changed in the types of clothing that I wear and how I own that clothing. And it was incremental. It didn't, it wasn't overnight, but each incremental step required a leap, if you will. It felt like I was stepping beyond my comfort zone. And it's just fascinating to see how that changes. Okay. And in one case, I have this shirt that I took photos in seven or eight years ago and I kept it and I love it and recently took photos in it again, but now I'm a different human being. So I rock that shirt in a totally different way. Just a little side note there. Okay. So when I first started those photos, I didn't buy new clothes for the photo shoot. Um, I didn't think I was worth it, quite frankly. I was very nervous about being in that photo shoot and couldn't couldn't hold the energy, if you will, of buying new clothes. And then the, the next time I did a photo shoot, which in the beginning, there was like two or three years in between. I now do a photo shoot probably once every two months sometimes more frequently than that. So the second photo shoot I did, I remember quite distinctly going to a clothing store. I think it was called Black and White. For me, it was a very nice store. I was up-leveling where I was shopping. And there was a, a woman there who was very helpful, who helped me pick out clothes. And it was a huge up-level for me. And yet I felt the voice of my mother in my head who was saying, you don't need all these clothes. Can you make do with fewer? Look for stuff on sale. All of that stuff. Now, I love my mother. It's not a diss against my mother. However, she was very practical when it came to these kinds of things and and still is. She has a different philosophy around spending money and it was how I was raised and it was the voice in my head. And it, it stretched me to spend that much money on myself. And I think in the beginning, I probably spent $500 and it felt enormous. And for many of you, that feels enormous right now. That would be an enormous spend. It felt like, I I can't tell you, it was like kind of coming out of my body a little bit when I, when I did that. And then 
After that, I was invited to one of those cabbie parties. Um, I don't know if you know what cabbie is, but it's a it's a line of clothing where they sell it through at-home parties. And I think I spent the most of anybody who was there. Most people spent, you know, bought one thing or two things. And I think I bought, I don't know, making up the number now, but probably seven, eight, nine, ten things, but quite a bit. And I was still discovering my style and I really enjoyed purchasing those things and being someone who could purchase that. At, th- at that point, I had started making a little bit more, more money. And then I hired the next phase in the clothing evolution was that I hired a stylist. She was my client and I thought she had a great eye and I hired her to help dress me for an event. And we went shopping together in Chicago and you know, that was the the worst thing and the best thing both. So the worst thing was my, my worst nightmare came true. She took me to all these stores and we were trying on different things and she had a game plan and she did great. This is the worst thing was not about her by any means. She did great. But one of the stores we went into was Barney's and I'd never been in a Barney's and it's a gorgeous store. And we were looking for pants for this event and the Barney's salesperson was snooty and said, we don't have sizes for, for you. And I was like, that's my worst nightmare. Okay. But you know what? I moved through it seamlessly. I had feared that. And maybe a year or two previous to that experience, I wouldn't have been able to to hold that energy. I wouldn't have been able to feel confident regardless of a comment like that. Um, but, you know, I probably would have been so self-conscious, felt bad about myself, felt small about myself. Instead, I really thought she was, you know, snotty and unhelpful and too bad because there are rich people in all shapes and sizes. And if you only cater to the the twiggies of this world, um, you've just lost a lot of money because, heck, I got hips and I like them. So that being said, I also recognized that there were a lot of pretty clothes that I would like to wear that didn't quite fit me right, okay? And I went to Neiman's. She also took me to Neiman's and I met a great salesperson there. So all my fears about like snooty salespeople dissipated. Okay. Some of them are true. Some of them aren't. I found a great woman there named Jamie, who then for the next few years was my go-to stylist at the Neiman's in Chicago. And she's fabulous. And I was incredibly loyal to her because she never diminished me whatsoever, but she brought me clothes that I would have loved to wear that didn't quite work. She also taught me that no matter what size you are, you need to have the tailors alter everything so they fit fit you like a glove. That was a revelation. I had no idea. I was just trying to fit into these clothes off the rack, but even the most beautiful designer clothes need to be tailored to fit you perfectly. So that was an up level. These experiences caused me to want to fit into clothes that I couldn't fit into because I was roughly 30 pounds more than I weigh now. My weight fluctuates a little bit, but roughly 30 pounds. 
And I ended up releasing that weight. That's a whole nother conversation and story. Let me know if you want to hear about that. And that allowed me to really step into my style because that gave me more flexibility in terms of what I could, could buy and wear. And I kept buying clothes along the way, discovering what my style was. And you know what? I made some mistakes. There were lots of things that I bought that weren't my style after all, but not so many that it, you know, was half my closet. I got pretty good pretty quickly at just buying things that I loved and that fit me. But there were a few mistakes that I made. And I think that's part of this process of stepping into the the power of clothing is that you can't be afraid of making mistakes around it. And this is where money scarcity comes in. A lot of people are afraid of making a mistake, spending money and having it be wasteful and not getting their money's worth and all of that. There's some mistakes that you'll make, but you'll never be able to claim your style if you don't. Okay. And this was really an act of learning to trust myself. And that is activating your feminine essence of trusting that you know that you can trust yourself, that you, your intuition is strong, that you can receive guidance, right? Like I, I started to open myself up to receiving guidance from, from Jamie, the stylist, and then went on to work with another stylist and continue to up-level my look. And it's been a fascinating process. And you go through phases. And fundamentally, this is a question of who am I? You know, when you're, you're picking out clothes, there's a stepping into who you are. Who you are. There's a great quote. I've been reading of different books to do with Paris because I'm taking a group of women to Paris next year uh, for the Paris transformation event where we're stepping into our masculine and our feminine and integrating that. So I've been reading different books to get me in the mood. And one that I uh, have is this beautiful pink book. It's Yves Saint Laurent. Haute Couture, it's his catwalk book, and it's absolutely gorgeous. He's one of my favorite designers, which I didn't know when I first started this process. I had no idea who I liked and who I didn't like, and I find him fascinating. There's some great uh, documentaries on him that, you know, I encourage you to check out. So in the introduction to this book written by Françoise Giraud. So Françoise Giraud didn't write the introduction. Let me say this differently. There's a there's a quote at the beginning of this book, and that's what this is from. It's from the Vogue, April 1979 edition, and he says, "Fascinated by the feminine ability to be many women in one, to wear a multiplicity of masks, to be a respectable young lady by day, and an empress, an androgynine, or a courtesan by night." Fascinated by the leading ladies of stage who slip from one role to the next for an hour, an evening, or a year. Yves Saint Laurent offers a woman costumes like an author would write her a play. And I just found that fascinating. 
personally fascinating that clothing is a way of stepping into a role. Now, you don't want to fake it. It's not a fake role, but you can try on these roles. You can experiment and clothing allows you to experiment. Okay. So I've gone through various different phases. Okay. Of who I am and what styles I have. And, you know, this is part of the process. Okay. And in the beginning, it might feel like a mask. It might feel like a costume. But maybe it's not truly a costume. Maybe it's that we have a multiplicity of identities, a plurality of different aspects of ourselves that live inside of us. And what happens if you suppress or limit that? Well, you have a smaller life. Maybe, maybe you want to express it. Maybe you want to share it with the world. Maybe you want to try on these different aspects of yourself and see what they feel like. Now, Steve Jobs did it differently, right? He had a uniform that he wore every day. And there's something so attractive about that decisiveness, that clarity in a uniform. It was part of his masculine essence. It was just so super clear. But I found that the suppression of all of who we are, all those multiplicities, those different aspects of who we are stifles us. So don't be afraid to claim it, okay? For me, you know, I go through different phases. There was a time where I just wore dresses all the time because I wanted to activate that soft feminine side, that inviting side. I wanted to to just be, there's an openness about dresses, literally, not just figuratively, but that openness, right? That the bottoms are open. That openness is very seductive, very, it activates your feminine side, which is more open, okay? And then there was this time where I only bought clothing that was, that would make people want to touch me. So velvets and silks and fake furs and really uh, luscious fabrics. And I was activating that. And then there was, you know, I, I have a lot of rock and roll in me. I have this edgy, seductive side. And, and of late, I've been playing with that Western, casual Western comfort aspect that female, like, like Ricky Lauren. So Ralph Lauren's wife has this beautifully, like she's just this, she's a very feminine woman, but she's in this sort of Western grounded Americana style. So I've explored all of that. And it's, it's a, it's a process. It's a process that uh, one goes through. And this was part of how I up leveled and became someone who was confident in herself. I had to try on these different styles, own these different aspects of myself. And I did this through clothing and fashion. And clearly, I'm not the only person who's done this. The fashion industry is is huge. But it was still, to some degree, something that 
was new to me and, and still is to some degree new to me. Like the fashion industry has been out there for, you know, for forever. And many women have accessed this aspect of themselves in their teenage years and they're growing up. But for me, you know, I, I didn't until more recently. And so I've had to really uh, learn that. And I'm still trying to figure out, am I a fashionista? In what way am I a fashionista? But clearly adornment and beauty is part of it. And it hasn't been in my past. And while I was pulling together my thoughts for this podcast, I, I had a memory pop up of being a teenager, probably 14, 15, 16, and getting the Esprit catalog. It was a big fashion line in the 80s. And not having the money to buy the clothes that I'd wanted. Like I, I would mark all the pages and that, you know, each outfit had five or six different components to it to pull it together. And, you know, I wanted three or four outfits and each one had five or six things. And I would add up how much everything was going to be. And I never had enough money, never. And I had to reduce down what I could purchase to maybe one thing, maybe two items, but usually it was just one thing. And there was some great sadness around that. Okay. And, you know, I didn't cry over it. I toughened up. I got on with life, whatever you want to call it. But, but it didn't feel good to feel limited in that way. And my creative expression was limited. My expression of who I was was limited. And I didn't really want to be limited. I didn't want to reduce. I didn't want to conserve. I didn't want to um, say no to myself. And I think that this is the same in many ways and in places in our lives. And of course, there are women who are great fashionistas with very little money. You know, they, they have a creative skill set that I just don't have where they can make fashion work for them. And, you know, street fashion is quite amazing. And I don't have that talent. Let me just say, I don't have that talent. So this dropped in for me today is important that, that this idea of clothing as a form of creative expression is really important and that we are often limited in our ability to do that because we haven't made the money in our lives to support that purchase that we want to make, whether it's clothing or furniture or cars or whatever. And obviously things are things and they're not love and they're not connection and they're not friendship. Those are different, but we do want things as well. So it's just important to look at. And when you're looking at limitation and, and being able to purchase something, you do need to look at what your come from is. Is your come from that creative expression? I want to express myself, be all the multiplicities of who I am? Or is it is my come from one of filling the void or feeling not enough or scarcity, right? Like I'm not enough is a scarcity mindset. And I'm not enough and I need to buy this thing to be enough. That's not what I'm talking about here. Okay, that's not what I'm talking about here. But you do need to stretch yourself. You do need to buy the thing before you're ready to buy the thing or you'll never be ready to, to buy it, right? Like it really is like you have to buy the thing before it feels like who you are, okay? And I've done this over and over again. I remember when I bought 
Now I'm name dropping here. I bought a Max Mara coat when I was in Montreal and it's simply gorgeous. And it was more money than I'd ever spent on a coat. And it felt totally fine to do that. But then I didn't really wear it. Okay. Because I was like, who am I to wear this coat? And I remember when I finally, finally wore it, one of my neighbors was like, wow, you're all dressed up to go to the store. Right. And you're going to get comments like that. But now I wear it and I don't get comments like that. I get comments like, oh, that's a gorgeous coat. And that's because I'm showing up differently. Like I've really, truly stepped into it. And it's no longer me being an imposter, but I had to take that action. Okay. And this applies to everything, whether it's clothing, furniture, the food that you buy, uh, even coaching. So many people are like, I, I can't do coaching. That's not me. But that is a self-worth piece. You have to step into seeing yourself as worthy of purchasing the thing that you want. It's so important. It's so important. So you have to make the decision from the place you want to be, not from the place you are now. And you must trust and surrender those feminine qualities and be persistent, which is also feminine, by the way, plus activating your masculine Okay, you need to do the the hunting. There's going to be work. You need to to focus and show up. It's a big deal. Okay, it's a big deal. So one other example, well, two other examples of this, of like needing to really step forward and activate a bigger vision. Okay, so a perfect example of this. I have two perfect examples of this. One is Beyonce, Sasha Fierce, okay? She has an alter ego. She has this this person that she steps into when she goes on stage and she calls her Sasha Fierce. And she says that it starts when she puts on her stilettos. It starts when she puts on her stilettos, Okay, the high heels, the clothing, she becomes her in that bodysuit. She said, I would never wear that bodysuit home. She's like, okay, well, maybe on a few special occasions, but like fundamentally, she's a different person. She activates who she is on stage. That Beyonce, that Sasha Fierce, and she activates her through that costume, through the clothing. Now, does she have an element of that woman in her? Absolutely. But she needs to activate her through her clothing. And you can do this too. What's your vision of who you are as a business owner? Who are you walking into that meeting? Who are you walking into that networking event? Who are you going to that big seminar? Who are you on stage? Who are you on the phone on a sales conversation? Who are you when you're doing the execution of your client work? Who are you when you're going out for that role if you're an actor, right? Who are you when you are doing this work in this world? Step into being that person. Another great example of this is Cary Grant. 
I just recently heard this on a podcast and I went and looked it up. So Cary Grant, you know, is this charismatic, debonair, leading man, right? Everyone, if you don't know who Cary Grant is, go look on Netflix and watch some movies. He is one debonair, handsome, leading man who's incredibly charismatic. But he came from Bristol, England, from a very modest family with a single mother, not this like dashing leading man, okay? And this quote is really fabulous. He says, Cary Grant says, I pretended to be somebody I wanted to be, and I finally became that person, or he became me, or at some point in time, we met. So he had this person, this imaginative man in his mind, and he started to become him through taking on the attributes of that person, pretending to be that person. Now, some people argue that it's not pretending, that's faking it till you make it. You can't fake it till you make it. You can't pretend. I don't splice things that way. Quite frankly, Cary Grant was pretending, okay? When I first bought the fancy clothes, I was pretending and then I stepped into it, but I, I imagined and I owned it and I claimed it and you can do that very quickly and it's not, it's not faking it. It's acting as if you were that person, acting as if you are that person and you're using some props and you're using your imagination to help you that with that. And Clothing helps you channel it. It's an actualization process. Think of Clark Kent becoming Superman. He puts on his cape. What's your cape? I used to talk about my power boots, okay? Like I'd put on my power boots and I remember when someone asked me, show me a photo of your power boots. What do your power boots look like? And I I showed her. And then, you know, people have different versions of this. One of my clients, it's jeans and a white linen shirt. That's her vision of having made it. Okay. And she has now gone from $34,000 contracts to $500,000 contracts to $900,000 contracts. She now has a multi-million dollar business and, and, and she's not being someone she's not, she's activating who she truly is. That's a nice linen shirt. Those are nice jeans. She feels great in them. So this is part and parcel of the, the process here. And, you know, you have to start evaluating what your style is. Do it first in your imagination, but don't be afraid to go buy the thing, okay? Don't be afraid to make some mistakes around that. And money can be a real limiting factor here. I know it was for me for so many years. I wasn't, or I thought I I couldn't purchase things clothing at any sort of amount really and that I had to do the lowest common denominator type of shopping which for me was buying all black because black went with everything okay black was practical black black didn't get uh dirty black didn't get stained it was very practical and black can be very powerful I mean I have some hot black leather plants that I love and I would still say that a good half of my wardrobe, okay, maybe 25% of my wardrobe is black, right? I still love black. It's powerful, but it can be limiting. 
you know, what is that hiding? Like, is there a visibility issue there? Are you in scarcity? I was very much in that this is a wise thing to do. This is financially practical. But really, that was indicative of me saying to myself, who am I to spend that kind of money on clothing or on coaching just for you? Okay, just for me. Okay, and I mentioned coaching here because that was another big thing that I invested in that I, it felt like such a freaking stretch. And that was what Heather was talking to me about when she just told me about her big, big, you know, recognition that she was making so much more money this year was that now the coaching seems like she used the word cheap. Okay, I don't like that word. Let's call it inexpensive compared to what she got out of it. But when she stepped into it, it was a terrifying decision for her to make. It was really nerve wracking for her. And it comes down to this worthiness issue of like, who am I to do this thing? And we have this in all these areas of our life, whether it's clothing or buying the new car or traveling or doing something that feels like, who am I to spend that kind of money on ourselves? Okay. But this is really a worthiness issue and you have to build your worthiness through action, through actually buying the thing. And you must do the thing to have the thing. That's the the summation of that Emerson quote. Okay. You must act before you're ready. You'll never have the money, know your style or have the time until you do it. Doing it creates it. You must act differently. You must act differently. And we are visual creatures. As human beings, we are visual creatures. Our sense of sight is our most powerful sense. It is our strongest sense. We say things like, I'll believe it when I see it. However, and this is the rub, guys, your breakthrough requires that you see it to believe it. See it to believe it. So if you buy the clothes and you love the way you look and you catch yourself in the mirror, it's reaffirming, oh my God, I am that woman. If you buy the clothes, you do the photo shoot, you see it, it reaffirms, oh my God, I am that woman. That's why we do these transformational photo shoots as part of the spirit of wealth. So what kind of business do you want to run and who do you want to be in that business, who are you leading that life? Imagine her and call her in. The challenge that I see is that you're not the person yet who has achieved the results that you desire. Yet those results require that you act and be differently than you are now. Otherwise, you would already have activated those results. Said another way, Who you are now and what you are doing now will continue to get you the results you've always gotten. Your approach applied to whatever you do will get you the same types of results. You must step into being at a higher level in order to get those higher level results. Okay, with that Rock it out, be unstoppable, and I will catch you in the next episode.
ever feel like you're swimming upstream and that there's got to be an easier way to make money and scale your business? Well, it's time to get out of your own way and eliminate that confusion and overwhelm. Join us at the Unstoppable Woman Income Breakthrough Summit, where I'll show you exactly what's required to scale quickly and how to apply the universal laws to your business. Learn more and grab your ticket at theunstoppablewoman.com slash summit.